0: Or enlightenment are all about you know to kind of besides other things also to remember what one has heard about and and then you know make sure to kind of uh, follow through with one 's intentions that 's a very important uh, part of the path really and this afternoon i'd like to um, give a guided meditation on the seven factors of awakening I spoke about yesterday. So you just can have a little bit of a taste of that. And see for yourself, you know, that you, they are actually not some exotic, far away qualities, but they are very kind of practical, pragmatic qualities which uh, you can observe in your own mind here and now, and the practice is just about strengthening and refining them, and also balancing them. So please find the posture which works for you for the next uh, 45 minutes. And becoming aware of your whole body sitting and breathing in and breathing out. Allowing the mind to rest on the body, just as the body rests on the cushion or on the chair. And pointing the mind simply at the present moment. And that's already mindfulness, sati, or also awareness. So any moment, you know, we are aware what's going on in the present moment, that is mindfulness, that is awareness. The first of the seven factors of awakening, the Bojangas, how they were so called. And then, you know, taking an interest in the body and in the mind, you know, how is the breath? How is the breathing? Is it long or short? That is Dhamma-vichaya interest or investigation of dhammas, it's also called. Dhamma-vichaya. It's like a magnifying glass, you know, really looking, really turning towards. Second factor of awakening, interest. And then staying with the object of meditation, the body breathing, that requires also a certain amount of energy. Virya, third factor of awakening. So we already have the first three with us. Sati, mindfulness, Dhammavichaya, interest, or investigation according to the Dhamma, and... Energy, virya. So energy helps us to stay with the object of meditation we have chosen. And if the mind wanders off, it helps us to come back. sustaining the interest takes energy. And slowly and we're getting letting go of the tension. And it's easier for the mind to stay with the object and there's a sense of <coughs> arriving. smoothening out and maybe a subtle sense of joy or contentment you know if it doesn't if there's no joy or contentment arising for you you could reflect on the fact you know that you're keeping the eight precepts or that you are you know spending your time so well on this retreat following the teachings of the buddha giving a sense of uplift the goodness of our practice and just sustaining the interest by putting in some energy and just staying with what's happening in the present moment which is body sitting and breathing in and breathing out. And then through that sustained application a subtle sense of joy arises, that's pity Sometimes also translated as rapture, because it can be of a different quality for different people. For some, it can be quite rapturous, as the word says, and for others more more subtle. For me, it's very subtle, only. But it's a kind of joy which comes from being in the present moment, not from having any sense sensual experience. It's also called non-worldly joy as opposed to sensual joy or worldly joy. And that, you know, that non-worldly joy helps to wean the mind off from the dependence so much on the other kinds of joy. Because it's it's a very subtle, acquired taste, which when it's really shown to the mind, the mind starts to shift its interests, the priorities start to shift. because there's that recognition of the, that subtleness of joy which comes from pity is much more nourishing then you know if the mind feels enriched and nourished it starts to calm down just by itself there's nothing we need to do, that's a natural response of the mind feeling enriched it, it just calms down settles down this is Pasadi the fifth Awakening factor, and as soon as we have put in the energy, so that that subtle choice starts to arise, then from then onwards we don't need to do anything anymore. But the mind naturally calms, and then when it calms, the fragmentation disappears of the, in the mind, and certain, you know, healing occurs, and then that's the sixth factor of awakening samadhi or stability of mind, collectedness of mind, stillness, composure, focus, So the mind is composed but still connected with the meditation object which is the body breathing. And there's a spaciousness and a balance. That's the seventh awakening factor, upeka. Balance. or having a sense of perspective, seeing the connections, seeing the conditionality. And, uh, you know, the definition is in the suttas is dwelling free from desire and discontent. Just superbly balanced in the present moment, free from desire and discontent. So it's a deepening and widening of our experience. You know, as we are practicing in this way, then uh, we can, uh, through awareness, mindfulness, we we see. You know, is the does it need a bit more energy? Then we're gonna focus more on the fir- on the next three fact factors, which is uh, interest, energy, and joy, or is there more kind of calming needed? than that would be the last three. Pasadi, Samadhi and Opeka. And just coming to the middle and uh, allowing the mind to open wide and making space for impermanence to be seen. Open to that change, the constant change with the breath, maybe some thoughts arising, sounds, just making space. not holding on to anything. Just like if you're in a boat, you know, flowing down a river, not getting stuck on one of the sides of the river, the banks, but just always steering to the middle. And allowing that flow to carry us give room to the change and be that flow, that natural flow of this moment of this life. No agenda besides that fluidity, that openness There is a certain wish coming up, wanting to chew on something, wanting to think about something, seeing the desire for being somebody, becoming someone, or maybe the aversion, just seeing that for what it is and then gently Putting it down and coming back to the middle of the present moment. <coughs> and you know, and dropping that ego when it rears its head, dropping it with a smile. And knowing it is just greed or aversion or delusion, trying to have its way. And not suppressing it, letting it just do what it needs to do, but giving it space, but not becoming it. It's like a cloud, you know, moving through the sky, allowing that cloud to just do its thing because we are the sky. The mind is vast as the sky, immeasurable. There's space for anything. And uh, connecting with the spaciousness in this room, which doesn't end at the walls of the room, but goes on (coughs) immeasurable. By listening into the space, listening into the silence, practicing this openness which doesn't pick and choose, which just allows. And whenever the mind wants to contract around something, bite off something, to chew on, a story, a fear, a hope, whatever it is, just don't go for that. Just come back to the openness, the spaciousness, allowing, and then feeling the urge, of wanting something to stand on and just forgoing that by just saying no not now that's a way of cultivating, of familiarizing the mind with that true uncertainty of any moment, a groundlessness, reality. developing confidence in that openness the groundless ground Then, you know, we are letting dropping the spaciousness as a meditation object and turning our awareness towards that which knows about the space. That is immeasurable consciousness. Or the mind. It's like making a U-turn. No longer looking outwards or listening outwards into the spaciousness but Becoming conscious of awareness, aware of awareness, just being aware, consciously aware and not, you know, not thinking about what I'm saying but just allowing the mind to respond. And in the beginning, if you've never done this kind of meditation, it might be confusing or stunning for the mind. Just allow the mind to just scramble a little. That's okay. It will get. will find its way. Just being aware of awareness conscious awareness knowing that we are knowing that special capacity we have as homo sapiens, sapiens we know that we know. And that's also in what is called the refuge of Buddha. capacity for awareness. Instead of becoming carried away by whatever is known we can take refuge in the knowing of whatever is happening. And it's a a subtle truth which needs Training which needs cultivation to become clear so that we can be really confident about that. it's a training. It takes time. And then also dropping any idea of this is my knowing or I am knowing Dropping the ego, dropping any identification with the knowing also. There's no object and no subject. Just knowing. Empty knowing. Whenever the you know mind wants to contract around the thought, wants to have something to chew or stand on, when you start you know noticing it starts brewing up again, just gently putting that down and coming back to the empty knowing. or if that doesn't work for you then just coming back to the impermanence of the breathing process and if the mind is really able to stay in that balanced state all seven factors of awakening and there's the subtle joy of being in the present moment when the mind is temporarily free from any of the defilements, no greed, no aversion just balanced in the middle of the present moment, not wanting anything. That subtle joy. Temporary liberation of the mind. And to noticing how peaceful that is if the mind doesn't want anything. If it's just, you know, the defilements taking a rest. We can just observe, you know, like the body breathing, conscious awareness, and nobody in charge, nobody behind all of that. It's just a process by setting up mindfulness and then uh, developing those seven factors of awakening and then when the mind is really spacious and balanced to pay attention to that spaciousness which opens the mind even more And then becoming aware of that which knows about the spaciousness, conscious awareness, conscious knowing, and then dropping any identification with that knowing, and just being the knowing. No subject, no object, just empty knowing. and then noticing that subtle joy which accompanies that not wanting anything this temporary liberation of the mind and you know rejoicing in that and through that you know the mind acquaints itself with that subtle joy which is so enriching And that, you know, trains the mind in weaning itself off from more coarser kinds of joy. Not by telling the mind off, but just showing it that to the mind, which is, you know, training it. So it more and more learns how to tend to that kind of joy. which is the result of not wanting anything. And then, you know, that informs us on a very deep level. And then the priorities in our life start to shift. Just more and more confidence in that openness in the impermanence. And then old habits start to get washed away through that clear seeing And this this not clinging to anything. That's exactly you know the opposite of dukkha. The opposite of unsatisfactoriness. which is not, you know, part of conditions, but which is a result of our expectations. And if the mind is, you know, spacious and wide open, it can see this Conditionality very clearly. And then, you know, we see this is a universal truth and it's not a personal problem. And we adjust. And this, uh, you know, adjusting through recognizing the way things truly are, that's what we call an insight. And training the mind in those seven factors of awakening, that's you know, a very handy list how we can check and do any meditation which we do maybe may the elements, the Brahmaviharas, any other kind of meditation, we can always bring in those seven, seven factors of awakening and, and see, you know, how how are we doing? Is this, is this a balanced situation which is here, or do we need to put a bit more weight on energizing, or a little bit more weight on calming the mind down, and just, you know, seeing it that the mind is balanced and when it's balanced it opens up and it allows things to be what they are with a lot of space around it with a sense of perspective and in a a few moments I'm going to ring the bell and just, you know, turning our awareness now towards the impermanence of the breathing process and also this sitting. It has a beginning, a middle and an end just like everything else in life. And then maybe, you know, we can try to bring some of this spaciousness awareness with us if we get up slowly and go out the walking meditation or we go into the front office for our covid test or we go to our practice discussion whatever it is you know trying to bring that sense of spaciousness with us and If we can't, then we just notice that. That's of course okay too. It's all okay. And then at 3.30, there's also, again, Affinity Group, BIPOC. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.